You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. My name is Colin Kelly, your regular host for the Overtime Ireland Podcast. Uh, this week, we'll be kind of going through what happened in week 12. We'll be looking forward a little bit to what happens in week 13. On today's show, we're going to be joined by Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I'm sure many of you are already listening to his show, and hopefully after you hear today's show, you'll hear his insight and information, and you'll be listening to it from now going forward. With Ross, we're going to kind of look at uh, the divisions as they stand at the moment, who can make the playoffs, who's not making the playoffs, rather than our regular schedule for the recap show, but looking forward to it, should be a lot of fun. As always, thanks for hitting that download button, thanks for listening in, hopefully you have already hit that subscribe button, if you haven't already. Head on over to wherever you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. And if you're listening to it on OvertimeIreland.com on the stream, of course, you can go to the podcast page there. It gives you all the places you can listen to the show and hit the subscribe button there. And then hopefully you've enjoyed it. Give us a written or a comment on that device. It always helps us. And you can always download multiple devices, help spread uh, the rate or help raise the ratings every week as uh, the downloads come in and help move us up those download charts so thanks as always for your continued support great uh, getting your interaction on twitter our twitter feed is at overtime ireland get involved there it has been a lot of fun this season so far and surely it is going to continue for the rest of the way so plugs done and dusted let's move on to what has happened in week 12 and what might happen for the season going forward let's get ross tucker on the show let's recap this weekend's nfl action it's the oti weekend roundup Delighted to be joined back on the podcast once again by Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, so well-named uh, after himself. And, of course, uh, he's doing a lot of stuff now throughout the media with uh, radio, TV broadcasts, and so on. You're a busy man, Ross, so uh, it's, uh, we greatly appreciate the time that you give to us. Hey, my pleasure, Colin. Any time for you guys. It's, uh, I was just looking, uh, just as I was going through starting up to go here, it comes up with a list of the times I've called your number, and it was actually just uh, New Year's Day was the last time we talked, so... Uh, Probably too long ago to have you on the show. We always love getting you on. But as I mentioned, very, very busy at the moment. And the NFL is very busy too, Ross, with all the stuff going on around the league. But usually the first show of the week that we do recaps what happens in the previous week's action, which in this case would be week 12. But rather than do that this time, we're going to look a little bit back at it. But we're also going to look to the future, towards the playoffs. There's a lot of teams that I in particular thought were dead and buried four or five weeks ago and have really started to sneak back into it. And listening to your podcast the last couple of weeks, I know that there's some of the teams that you would agree on that. Um, going back just into week 12 in general, was uh, there any things that really, really stood out to you? Well, I think it just on some level was a separation Sunday, you yeah. know, and I talked about this on my Monday Ross Tucker football podcast. If you look at it, there were some games where, you know, you weren't sure if one team was legitimately a contender or not. And it just seemed like, you know, the team that really is the contender showed itself. You know, Kansas City, Buffalo. I think Kansas City is a contender. Yeah. Buffalo's probably a pretender. The same for. Minnesota, Atlanta, and if you go right down the line, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, it's, it just seemed like it was there was separation, it was time to decide whether you were really going to be a contender or be a pretender moving forward, and that's cool for us, you know, to see who fits which category. Yeah, and looking back a couple of weeks ago, the game there, you mentioned the Chiefs, I, I thought the Chiefs prior to the season were going to have a real big year, I thought the, with the defense they had, with the way things were going, obviously Jamal Charles went down and everyone thought that the season was dead and buried for them, they went to London, they blew out the Lions and since that they've gone on a pretty good strong run and even last Sunday when it looked like 
you know, I think they were uh, maybe around 14 points behind at one point uh, in the first half. It looked like it was going to be just a case of uh, too little, too late for them. But they came back, got the win against the Bills. And at this moment in time, in the AFC wildcard hunt, you have to say that they're probably the most legitimate. Well, you have the Steelers as well, but at the moment, they're still out of that wildcard spot. Yeah, I think you'd say Chiefs for a couple reasons, one of which is that their schedule is a lot easier down the stretch than the Steelers, so that's a big factor. Plus, even though they lost Jamal Charles and they had a bunch of injuries Sunday, we'll have to see as the week unfolds exactly what the status is of some of the guys that got injured, like Justin Houston on Sunday. I just feel like they're healthier than Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's without their center. Without their left tackle, it's probably their two best offensive linemen. They're without Le'Veon Bell. And I just think that that starts to add up, even though offensively they've still been productive. But the Chiefs, very talented team. And now that they've got Jeremy Macklin, a receiver that Alex Smith clearly feels comfortable driving the football down the field to, it's like they're a different team offensively. Yeah, and I'm I'm probably one of the last remaining people standing up for Alex Smith throughout the season. But even at a stage, you know, I mentioned those first few weeks, this offense looked so bland. It just looked vanilla. It looked boring. Um, and the last few weeks, they've started to put the ball down the field a little bit. And uh, he hasn't turned the ball over now since week three. And a lot of people were saying, obviously, when he throws screen passes on every play, that he's not going to turn the ball over. But we've seen Sunday against the Bills. They're starting to target down the field. And Macklin's having quietly a nice little season for them. So we'll see how they do going forward. There's a couple other teams, particularly in the AFC, in the run. The Texans were another team that I had completely wrote off a few weeks back. And they've really come back in, uh, defensively arguably at the moment uh, in that top two or three defences in the league I think over the last four games I think they've given up 43 points in total they're really shutting teams down in the red zone and J.J. Watt's doing what he's done basically the last four or five years and uh, dominating every game Well, and I'm a lot more surprised by the Texans than I am by the Chiefs yeah. I know the Chiefs you know, just had a tough early season schedule they lost Jamal Charles but they're a talented group the Texans, I just don't think that they're overly talented. And calm, I mean, they got smoked by the Falcons. And then they got beat even worse a couple weeks later by the Dolphins. Yeah. That game was like, what was it, 42-6 to six or something at halftime? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were getting absolutely destroyed. So, for me, to think that a team could come back from that, you know, being that bad, that you get beat that badly where they are now is really surprising and impressive. I give Bill O'Brien a ton of credit for that. Even you know, they even had their quarterback get hurt, you know, yeah. in between as well. Yeah, they even played Ryan Mallett a few games of quarterback, so you have to give him credit on that there as well. Um, when you're looking at the teams in the AFC, the Patriots obviously 10-1. and one. They are uh, basically, well, they'll be number one or number two seed, I would imagine. The Bengals then 9-2. and two. The Broncos are 9-2. and two. And then it's the gap then down to the 6-5 and five teams. So you have the Texans, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Jets, the Steelers, the Raiders are 5-6. and six. So there's a, that's where the gap starts then. And then you have the Buffalo Bills. So you're kind of looking at the Steelers, Jets, Chiefs, Colts, uh, and Texans. Uh, t- three teams out of that mix has to get in at the moment if you're looking at it um, I would have to say probably the Steelers and the Chiefs in my book but I guess only one of them can get in because one off the Colts or the Texans has to unfortunately win that division Well I think the Chiefs and the Steelers are the likely wild card contenders at this point point. Yeah. and I think either Indy or Houston uh, you know, obviously one of them will win the division I'd be very surprised if the AFC South got two teams Now look with Hasselbeck and with the way the Texans are playing, 
you know, maybe I'm wrong and, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I still just, I, man, I mean, the way the AFC South's been all year, they're getting hot at the right time, I guess, but I'd still be pretty surprised if, if they end up sending two teams to the postseason. Yeah, just out of the, the Colts and the Texans, obviously luck's still out for a couple of weeks, but they're still getting the job done week in, week out with Hasselbeck. They're unbeaten with him and the team winning every game. Then the Texans, on the other hand, it's really you know a mismatch. Of, they're kind of combining everything they possibly can to get results. You have Cecil Short rushing for touchdowns. You know Brian Hoyer was back this week, and then uh, DeAndre Hopkins is having a great season. So out of those two teams, who do you think at the end will come out of the top of that division? Man, that's a good question. Yeah, I have to tough. study their schedule a little bit more. I, I, I'd probably say the Colts, though. Um, I was impressed by how they came from behind against the Bucks team that had been playing pretty darn well yeah. to win by double digits. I thought that was an impressive performance. Really shut down the Bucks in the second half of that game. So I'll go with the Colts, but it's tough with the way the Texans are playing. I mean, Ever since, especially that Monday nighter against the, the Bengals, yeah. the, the Texans have really made you take notice. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top eventually, and that's why we love the NFL. I mentioned teams like the Chiefs that we thought were completely out of it, the Texans, and then they drag themselves back into it. Always entertaining week to week, and it's really is very hard weekly uh, to call who's going to win these games. Uh, next up, we're going to go over to the NFC side to see who goes through there. The Panthers, obviously, in cruise control, 11-0, and 0, absolutely blasting the Cowboys uh, in Jerry World at the, on Thanksgiving. Then the Cardinals, 9-2. and 2. A little bit lucky to get that win this week, but they're still getting the job done week in, week out. The Seahawks get the win against the Steelers, 6-5. and 5. The Packers, 7-4. and 4. And then the Vikings, 8-3. and three. Redskins, 5-6. and six. And the Redskins taking fate into their own hands by beating the Giants this past week. Um, I'm, I suppose we'll start with that Giants game against the Redskins. The Giants really just didn't turn up uh, until very, very late in that game. And it was too late at that stage. And the Redskins are another team that have really, really shocked me over the last five or six weeks. Well, they're especially playing well at home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, you look at the numbers, it's amazing. He is so much better at home than he is on the road. Really, the entire team is. I'll be on the sideline for that game on Monday night as they play against the Cowboys. I'll be on part of the Westwood One broadcast of that game. And I would expect the Redskins to win it and keep it going right now. I think they got a great chance to win the division. I think the Giants might have missed out on really several golden opportunities. Now they're getting so beat up along the offensive line that I just don't know if, if the Giants have enough to overcome it. It feels like the Redskins have this momentum now, now especially that they're in first place. Yeah, with that game, you know, I predicted before that game the Giants would win that and then cruise on to win the division. Obviously this year was a major swing in that. The Redskins at home, you mentioned, very, very strong. When you're looking at it, it's down to those two teams and just with the head-to-head and so on, it's one apiece. I just think the Redskins, with their home field at the moment, but you wouldn't be surprised at the same time if they lose to the Cowboys in that game you're going to be attending so that's something to look out for the Vikings really took uh, their destiny into their own hands this week they got a win on the road against the Falcons and then the Packers obviously losing uh, losing to the Bears which shook things up so um, that week 17 game is going to be very interesting between those two teams to see who definitely wins that if there's only a game between them the Seahawks as well getting the win just on the, on the Seahawks game I just didn't mention I meant to mention when we talked about the AFC side Ben Roethlisberger taking himself out of the game with the concussion in that one and we all know the concussion issues around the NFL but Ben Roethlisberger 
is in a position where he's not going to lose his job. Obviously, he's uh, indispensable to the team by taking himself out with a concussion. He's saying that more people around the league should take themselves out just for the you know the repercussions health-wise. Uh, it's easy for Ben to say that, but do you think this could be a turning point where people start to maybe uh, take themselves out of games if they think they have a concussion? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I don't um, think so either. It's a good thing for the lower levels of football, college, and high school that he said that. But I think at this point in the NFL, as far as concussions are concerned, guys are really making business decisions yeah. as to whether or not they want to tell the team. And that might be, hey, you know what? I don't want to mess with my brain. I, I, I'm pretty secure here, and I'm going to tell them. Or there's other guys. You know, let's put it this way. I don't see Case Keenum doing <laughs> what Big Ben did. Exactly, yeah. we have... We, we have a pretty good example of why they didn't. Yeah, you, you've uh, summed that up quite perfectly, actually, because it was late in the game that he stayed in the game, and then against the Ravens, uh, they, they obviously fumbled the ball and the, the game was over. So you can see there, as I mentioned, job security is going to be a major part of that as well. Um, on the NFC side, you know, I mentioned some of the records. The Redskins division is obviously up for up for grabs with the 5-6 and six record, but outside of that there, it's really only that last wildcard spot uh, that's going to be up for grabs because the Packers are 7-4 and four and the Vikings are 8-3. and three. So it looks like the, each of them will eventually go to the playoffs uh, with the way the other teams are. The Seahawks are 6-5. and five. Can you see the Falcons or possibly even the Buccaneers getting on their tail and uh, catching them? I, I can't really see anyone else. I think that's pretty much set as the team's going through, apart from whoever wins the NFC East. Uh, will you agree with that? I do. I think I think Seahawks and Packers will be the wildcard teams, which is really interesting because those are two very dangerous wildcard teams. It almost makes you think, you know, if you're a team like the Vikings, you know, would you rather host a playoff game against one of them, or would you rather be the five seed and be a wild card but play at the NFC East champion? So, you yes. know, I'm not suggesting that the Vikings would go out there and lose games, but they'd probably rather play at Washington or at New York as opposed to home against either, well, I guess it would be home against, uh, well, could be either one. Either Seattle or Green Bay at that point. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting thought. Obviously, the Seahawks getting a major injury this week, uh, losing Jimmy Graham, uh, the dreaded patella tenton injury. Any tenton injuries are obviously severe, but we've seen with Victor Cruz this year how hard it's been to come back from that. Hopefully, we will see him back on the field, but as it's happened so late in the season, you would have to put next year's entire season status uh, very much in doubt with that. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson had a big game this week, uh, passing for five touchdowns, but their home field advantage doesn't seem to be what it was, but I think they'll definitely make the uh, the playoffs. Just now when we're bouncing into the, the championship rounds, obviously, I've heard you talking on your podcast and the Panthers have a, a very distinct possibility, and I would definitely agree with you there. Who do you think will be the eventual AFC and NFC representatives in the Super Bowl, and uh, who do you think comes away with it all in the end? Wow, you don't mess around, huh, Carm? You're trying <laughs> to get my uh, my Super Bowl picks and my winner? Yeah, we're um, trying yeah, I don't... We're for, fortune tellers really here look, today. Yeah, I mean, you put me on the spot here. I don't, I don't really look at it like that on a weekly basis. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I if I had to pick right now, I'd certainly pick Carolina in the AF in the NFC and in the and in the AFC, I'd still go Patriots because it sounds like Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman and most of their guys will be back. Jamie Collins for the postseason. So I go Panthers and Patriots at this point, 
But I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Bengals or the Broncos went on a run. But when someone asks me to make a pick or a prediction, <laughs> I always do it based on where I would actually put my money. Yeah. Because, you know, I know some people might look at it that way. I even have a an even money podcast for people that want to wager on the games. And so if I had to put money down somewhere, it would be Panthers and Patriots right now. And I'd probably go with the Carolina Panthers to win it all, although even now, that I'm almost nervous saying that, picking the Panthers in a big mm. spot over the Patriots. Uh, yeah, just the interesting thing will be what happens when they do eventually lose a game. Sometimes you see the team rock a little bit when they do lose one. It's a year yesterday, actually, Ross, since the Panthers last lost a regular season game. So they've been unbeaten in uh, 365 days. It's going to be interesting to see how it happens. You know, I asked you to make a pick. Obviously, it's very tough making picks this stage away from the Super Bowl. But prior to the season, and I've mentioned it a lot of times in our podcast, for the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, I picked the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, I'm not afraid to admit my mistakes. Uh, so <laughs> that there could happen as well. No, you know what, you know what, Tom? And, and I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers, who still have a shot. Yeah, still but a shot. I really, I, I really believed that it was going to be either the Steelers or the Ravens out of the AFC North. I really just felt like one of those two teams would emerge. I went with the Steelers, um, and you know the injury bug. The injury bug might have cost both of us, buddy. Yeah, well, the, the Ravens definitely decimated one on Monday Night Football. But with all that, that was a great kind of playoff picture uh, recap at the moment. And uh, thanks, Ross, as always, for giving you the time on the show. You can obviously follow Ross on Twitter. It's at Ross Tucker NFL. If you're not doing so already, you really should be. He mentioned there his uh, Even Money podcast with Evan Silva. He does the Fantasy Feast as well. Uh, so many great podcasts. I'm a loyal listener to them all. And uh, it's always great to get to talk to you, Ross, on the show. Thanks as always, and uh, hopefully you enjoy that Monday night football game uh, when you're on the sideline. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime, Calm. You guys do a terrific job. I love coming on this podcast. Hi, I'm Delaney Walker, tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and you listen to Overtime Ireland. Well, all as I can pretty much say after that, I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it. It's always phenomenal to get Ross's thoughts on all things NFL. As Ross often says, when somebody leaves his show as a guest, he goes, that guy is the man. He obviously says, Andrew Brandt, he is the man. Well, on this here occasion, I'm going to pay homage to Ross and say, Ross Tucker is the man. Pretty awesome stuff there with Ross running through all the playoff picture, kind of giving you a recap of some of the games, some of the stuff that happened. But rather than going to each individual game as we usually do here for the rest of the season, maybe we'll change the format up a bit like that. I really enjoyed looking through the playoff picture, the wild card, so on and so forth give you a bit of perspective on how things are all shaping up because as Ross said it was kind of a, a moving day uh, you know go ho- go hard or go home kind of at this stage of the season a couple of teams losing those huge huge matches like the Chiefs as we mentioned and the Bills losing out on that occasion so there's lots of stuff going on we'll have a couple of uh, swings from week to week left I'm sure as the regular season goes on a lot of people as well getting into their fantasy football playoff pitchers uh, I know myself there's a couple of leagues where just on the edge I've been going good all season in some of them and I'm starting to slip down the table there's some of them that I've been going not so good and I'm starting to go on a little run to see if we can make it into the playoffs so it's uh, it's always an interesting time and now it's make or break getting into the playoffs week to week those matches mean so much in fantasy football they mean even more in real life when you're playing in the NFL so it's going to be a great couple of weeks a lot of action coming up and I, I must say I really really did enjoy that segment there with Ross mentioned the big Ben Roethlisberger news uh, he had the concussion took himself out and he summed that up perfectly I, I hadn't thought of it in that way of you know uh, what happened 
with the Rams and their quarterback situation. Case Keenum staying in the game, cost them the game two weeks ago. A lot of drama this week. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I mentioned, they were my pick for the AFC side. Well, I've mentioned that, I think, five or six times this season, and I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. But I uh, often uh, like to brag when I be right as well, so we'll see if any of those bragging situations come up in the next few weeks. I did pick... Uh, the Chiefs to do well this season and there's a possibility of them just sneaking in there and let's see what they do in the playoffs I mentioned I'm kind of one of the Alex Smith defenders even my belief in him was shooken over the last few weeks but uh or over the first few weeks but no interceptions for him since week three I think it's now the second longest pass amount of pass attempts without an interception in NFL history so he's in there with some great great company other stuff around the league obviously I mentioned the win for uh the Ravens it was a dramatic circumstance it was very very dramatic looked like the the Browns were going to get the win Schaub threw another interception he threw a pick six there was so much stuff going on in this a kick return from the Ravens for a touchdown uh, early in the game then we had uh, at the end of the game it looked like with that gift of an interception that Schaub threw it looked like the Browns were going to go for victory some bad clock management um, uh, you know Josh McCown's out for the rest of the season with a fractured collarbone. So at this stage, he's out of the game. Austin Davis is in there. Should have ran out of bounds, stopped the clock. He doesn't run out of bounds. He slides in bounds. Uh, you know, the clock still runs. They have to use that final timeout. They go for the field goal. Just bad clock management all around. Some bad decision-making. They could have went in closer. The field goal eventually is blocked by the Ravens, and it is returned all the way for a touchdown. A kick six and a walk-off one at that. Something that doesn't happen all that often in the NFL. I think this is only the second time in NFL history there's been a blocked field goal for a walk-off. So sometimes you'll see it a kick return, but it's taken for a walk-off. Uh, we've seen that with Deshaun Jackson when he was with the Eagles. He returned one for a touchdown down in the playoffs against the New York Giants. Sorry, Giants fans, to remind you of that. The Giants this week, too, losing that game. I thought they would win against the Washington Redskins, but a disappointing result for them as well. So the the playoff picture is starting to become quite clear. There will be some teams that now might win the next uh, couple of weeks and give themselves an opportunity, but we'll see how it goes. That big injury, obviously I mentioned Jimmy Graham, hopefully we'll see him back on the NFL field, but the patella tendon injury, same as the Achilles, a lot more players have come back from the Achilles injury though, but uh, any tendon injury, very, very severe, especially uh, you know with the weight of these players moving around the field, uh, it's just it's very sad, because it looked like he was having one of his better games for the Seattle Seahawks, um, had a great catch, great concentration on a deep throw from Russell Wilson, uh, Wilson having a big game here, but just uh, bad news for the Seahawks, but they get the win, and uh, now in the wildcard hunt. The Vikings, I mentioned, they're playing the Packers Week 17. That's going to be a crucial game. One game between, at the, between them at the moment, the Packers having the head-to-head advantage of that win last week, and um, we'll see how it goes when it gets to Week 17 in Lambeau Field. The Packers losing their last two games at Lambeau, and now they face the Detroit Lions, who they uh, lost to a couple of weeks back on Thursday Night Football this week. So they need to get the win there. I'm hoping they get the win, and I'll be glued to the TV screen for that one. Um, you know, it's just been a, it's been a shaky few weeks for the Packers, and at the moment it's just not looking all that good receivers not getting very open defense played very well the whole team kind of played very well against the vikings but everything's slowed down again since so we'll see if they can pick it up again uh, the cardinals getting that win against the 49ers wasn't that impressive but uh, they got the win carson palmer rushing for a touchdown <laughs> you know some people around the league you know peyton manning a couple of years ago rushed for a touchdown against the cowboys one of the i think it's one of the all-time 
good play action plays because uh, the cameraman everyone got fooled and he just walks around the corner into the end zone but Carson Palmer rushing for a touchdown in this did not look like the most athletic player in the NFL but he got in the end zone tries to spike the ball after and then kind of stumbled over so it all fell into a, a nice little screen grab for somebody to clip on to Vine or YouTube to, to watch repeatedly but he doesn't care he's got the touchdown the Panthers again done the job the Bengals again done the job the Patriots lost to the Broncos but uh, just all the injuries and so on the one thing I'll be talking about the Patriots I was very surprised at their play calling because they had a 14 point lead uh, in the fourth quarter then they go and uh, they decide on the play that Gronkowski got injured on they threw the ball and that they really you know you think Bill Belichick goes and runs the ball in those situations but a little bit too aggressive maybe uh, and then obviously the muff punt uh, so on and so forth and then the uh, CJ Anderson tops it off with that Russian touchdown off the sweep play so uh, the Broncos starting to play very well. Brock Osweiler didn't do anything spectacular up until that final couple of drives, really. It's some nice throws to Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas had a nice catch. And Demarius Thomas has had a, kind of, a lot of drops over the last five or six weeks. So Manning, you know, is getting criticized a lot for his play, but a lot of drops from Thomas uh, and then drops again here from Thomas. But in the snow, maybe the conditions played a factor. Uh, the Colts again getting a win I thought they would lose this week but Hasselbeck keeps things going so it's going to be an interesting week and I mentioned when I was talking to Ross JJ Watt for the Texans he's having another year and uh, you know he's on target for he's at the moment uh, you know it looks like 20 sacks for the season if he went in some sort of mad run he could have another shot at breaking that sack record by Michael Strahan later this season he's just been dominant I tweeted out a few weeks ago, probably six weeks ago, even when the Texans were going bad, J.J. Watt was still playing at that high level. A lot of people said that, oh, he was on hard knocks, showing off uh, all his strength, all his training. You know, he's not doing it on the field. He was doing it in the field all season long, and uh, he's still doing it now, and he's dominating games as uh, we usually see. But now the difference is the wins are coming with those dominant performances, and uh, he's helping that Texans team start to surge towards uh, a potential playoff berth. We'll see if they can hold on. The Jets, uh, they kind of give themselves a chance. We mentioned all the playoff implications kind of going forward. We didn't mention the New York Jets. They got a win against the Dolphins 38-20. to You know, there had been talk the last few weeks about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Would Geno Smith get the start? But uh, Fitzpatrick had a really good game in this one. Uh, one of his better performances of the season. Torched the Dolphins. Then the Dolphins responded by uh, firing their offensive coordinator, Laser, And uh, they've moved on from him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Jets again getting the win against the Dolphins. The Dolphins always seem to fold over the last few seasons against the Jets. So the Jets got the win there. Uh, they started to get a little bit of momentum in the running back game going again. Chris Ivory with his best game for maybe four or five weeks. So um, we'll see if they can sneak in there too. The same on the other side. We didn't mention the Oakland Raiders. They beat the Tennessee Titans 24-20. Uh, to Derek Carr out. Gunning Marcus Mariota on the end. Mar- Mariota, very unlucky in this one. He had a good game. Uh, give them the lead just uh, with four minutes remaining, 21 to 17. But uh, Derek Carr led the team down. They did get that touchdown to win. Roberts with a big game here, two touchdowns for him. But uh, two young quarterbacks playing very well at the moment. We'll see if the Titans can surround uh, Mariota with some more, uh, you know, offensive pieces in this upcoming draft. That'll be interesting to see. Also, talk this week of Chip Kelly going to. You know, a lot of talk about will he go back to the college game? Well, there's been some rumors this week that maybe could he go to Tennessee? We'll see what happens. Um, when they get to the offseason, coaching changes and so on, what happens there. It's going to be an interesting one to see. Um, and with that kind of wraps up all the stuff going on in the last week in the NFL. Uh, it's been a lot of fun 
doing the show today, obviously. I'm going to be back very, very shortly, as this one has come out a little bit later in the week. Joined, uh, hopefully, by Chris Westling on the next preview podcast for week 13. So that should be coming out in the next couple of days. Stay tuned to that Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. And, of course, subscribe and you'll get it once it goes live on your uh, iPad, your phone, whatever you listen to the show on. Whether you're commuting, whether you're just at home, chilling, relaxing. Get it once it goes live by subscribing on whichever feed you choose to listen on. Have to say, I really enjoyed doing this show today. A lot of fun talking with Ross, a lot of fun going through all the other stuff happening around the NFL. Uh, I've been waiting a couple of days to, to go see it. I've been talking about it on Twitter a few times. Heading over to see the new Creed film, obviously, with Michael B. Jordan and Sly Stallone. Looking forward to it. I'm a fan of the Rocky films. I know some of them weren't as good as the others, and I know... You can get through the plots and so on and break them down and say they mightn't all be that good, but uh, enjoy them just from a, you know, watching it, just chilling out, relaxing kind of point of view and uh, heading down to the cinema once I finish this up to go and see Creed. So looking forward to seeing that. You might see on the Twitter feed later on some uh, some uh, thoughts of what I thought of the film in general, but really looking forward to it. have been looking forward to it the last few days. So off work today, and uh, that's where I'm heading next. And, of course, until I'm back with that preview podcast, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.